Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese, and I'm joined today by... Chris. Sam. Danny. How are we doing today, guys? Pretty All good. good. Not bad, good. yeah. Living the good life. We're lucky this week. There's no Tim, but we're joined today by Danny, who's joined us all the way from Carolina. Yep. Uh, Raleigh, yeah, North get, Carolina. That's it. Just for the non-visual supports, uh, Dan, Danny put his thumbs up. It, it's a podcast, Danny. There's no video. <laughs> we're all good. We're I know, all good. I'm practicing. I'm practicing. <laughs> I apologize for his accent. He is American. <laughs> yeah, but, but he's promised, but he's one he, of the good ones. He, he promises yeah. he does know what he's talking about. And with that, we'll get into the uh, get into reviewing the far anchor on free. And we'll start with the uh, the shortest debut you've seen in a long hey. time, the key to Mazda spin. Uh, <laughs> oh, go on, Chris. Go on. Un- unexpected, really? Uh, well, not unexpected um, at all. But it was sure it was the shortest one I've seen in a long time. Let's be honest. The crash. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? He, he came out of the pits and, and crashed. <laughs> he didn't come out of the pits. He came, he came. He just literally started at the back, didn't he? He started well. I mean, no, he, but yeah. oh, oh, sorry. Oh, free practice. Oh, free practice. Yeah. yeah. You oh, know, one way to start your weekend. Your first weekend with your race team by smashing it into the wall opposite where your last teammate almost died or your last driver almost died. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, it's just a normal one, isn't it, of a paid driver. It's when your talent runs out before your money does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, te- it's, talent, it's terrible. His talent run out after three corners. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not for He's He must be the only driver in the history of Formula One to have more formation laps completed than racing laps. True that. <laughs> you got two. Yeah. That's it. Information laps. Not even one, not even official lap. The key to match in his debut weekend has as many spins as he has official sessions competed in. <laughs> Five spins. He did practice one, practice two, practice three, Q1, and the race. It's a good thing his dad is money rolling the team. Well, needs to buy him some better coaches for some talent because he doesn't have any. I, I think the more annoying point to me is who could have got his seat. Instead of him, that oh. wouldn't have span. That wouldn't have created a public failure and laughable moment for like the start of the 2021 season for Haas. There must have been somebody, surely. Uh, pretty much anyone. But yeah. what, Sh- Robert Schwartzman, Callum Eilert, Nico Hulkenberg. Do I do I need to list more drivers? It, that it's were- just it's it's just a, it's it's laughable, isn't it? It's just <laughs> I'm not being funny, right? At least. Stroll has talent. He's he's not being put in a car just but just because his dad has billions. He actually can drive the car for more than three corners. Lance Stroll's won championships. He's won what he won Euro F three, I think it was. Whereas Nikita Mazepin, his best championship finish, I think his third place in anything he's anything he's competed in. But <laughs> just showed it was karting. How I think fun. his best result was back in karting. There was a post a while back where they showed everybody's best result, every driver on the grid's best result, and I think his was karting. I think it just proves everything that we've said pre-season about the man is right. It's yeah. Somehow he's got a super license. I'm not sure how, but he's got it. And we know how, Daddy. You know, <laughs> some princess girls want a pony. He wanted a super license. 
you know the super license and he did ju- he just did enough laps pretty much That's he did it. enough laps yeah. in junior formula to get one uh, it. but let's let's move on from one spinella to another sebastian vettel's debut <laughs> in aston martin <laughs> oh um, i think <laughs> sebastian hasn't had enough seat time in the car and I think it's still too early to properly judge where he's going to be in that car. It did look like he was driving a Ferrari again around the back, but I say give it a couple, another couple of races. Now that we're back in Europe, in a couple of races time, then start judging him. You don't think he's past it? I thought he was past it years ago, but he's still got that killer instinct in him. You're talking about Pedro's and Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll showed him up. Oh, he more than showed him up, mate. It's absolutely ridiculous. But like Chris said, he, you know, he hasn't got a lot of time in this car. He, he's struggling to get used to it. But, you know, I don't think his talent's run out. I don't think he's passed it at all. I think he just needs more time not crashing into French people. Nothing's been helped by being hyped up so much during the, during the off-season. You know, exactly, I mean, yeah, exactly. He's got so much pressure on his shoulders. Um, because of what people have been saying and that can't be helping either. Yeah, but that's because, you know, he's a, is it a four-time world champion? That comes with expectations, regardless of what car you're in. You know, it's just one of them things. Um, but, you know, you, you've, you've only got to look at the first half a lap. He took, he took six cars, past six cars in half a lap. You know, that doesn't come with no talent or ability, you know, or passion to still put that car in places that it doesn't want to be to get results. I, I just purely think the car is not there yet and we can't really write it off just yet. But if if by half season he isn't in the top 10, then there's there's definitely an issue. He at least needs to be ma- uh, matching his teammate. Definitely, yeah. He needs to be better, doing better than Lance Stroll, really. When you think what's been thought of Lance Stroll, he can't be shown up anymore by him. Even, even next weekend, he can't be shown up when the margin he was. And uh, one thing that made me laugh was, well, of course, when he went into the back of Ocon, he mm. had the audacity to blame Ocon for it. I mean, he apologised <laughs> after the race, but I mean, Ocon's race was ruined by saying it was no fault of his own. And it was the story of the weekend for Alpine with Alonso's race ruined by a sandwich wrapper. <laughs> they bring back fans in and there's garbage all over the track. <laughs> <laughs> it's like NASCAR, isn't it? Going around and getting the... On the on the grill happened to the days when you used to have grill protection on the intakes to stop this from happening. You know, the first thing in a pit stop, what somebody used to do was when they stabilized the car, was sweep the the grills. This one was on the brake duct, though. And in Bahrain, you need maximum cooling for your brakes. Yeah, fair point. They did pull him in when he uh, when he had his pit stop, and they did check, and they couldn't see what it was, and they sent him back out, and then. It was only after what a proper inspection after the race that they saw how it was a sandwich wrapper that caused Fernando Alonso to retire. It's a shame. It's a shame because he had a pretty solid race, had a solid weekend, had a, got into Q3. You know, he puts in good times and just unfortunate. Really unfortunate that it happened to him. But he had a good race, good scrap of Vettel as well in the middle of the race. Brought back sheets at 2012 a bit, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't. Um, say much though for the, the study Alpine season whenever he's at the back racing battle. It wasn't at the back then, was it? It was uh, Vettel was out of position, having not pitted, and uh, Alonso Alonso put that car where it really shouldn't have been. It was it shouldn't have been that high up. I think Ocon was doing it justice where he was being what running around what twelfth place. 
but the difference of having Esteban Ocon to Fernando Alonso is battling for ninth, eighth place. It wasn't a good opening by Alpine, but they showed pace at points. Going, going from one guy with a solid drive to another that had a really solid drive, Yuki Tsunoda. We, we all sort of thought he could yeah. be an absolute star of the race. Yeah, he was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And I, I'm upset with myself for saying that he would crash on lap one. He was too cautious to crash on lap one. He's, he's really, really good. He's aggressive where he has to be aggressive. Uh, you saw the, the battling he was doing on track. But uh, yeah, it's just a fun driver to watch. Yeah, that, that move he made in the last lap on Lance Stroll was was ridiculous. He came back from so far. He's, he's done so much already. And just to have the confidence to send it when you're already guaranteed points in your Grand Prix debut just, just was phenomenal. Just perfectly judged on the brakes. Lance Stroll had no answer to it. Maybe he had a Sammy dropper in his brakes. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at, on a whole... The, the, like the rookies you've had over the, over the last couple of years, uh, he's definitely, you know, highest scoring one up there, other than, I'd say, from when Max come in. Yeah, Yuki's really impressive. Norris is very impressive as well on debut, but like, mm. like Norris, uh, Yuki was yeah. really cautious on lap one. Mm. And I think if you're comparing, if you're comparing the Davidsons we've had this, uh, we've got this season in Maz- uh, Mazepin, Schumacher and Sonoda, you, you compare... Sonoda probably being the best we've seen since Max, probably as good as uh, as good as Russell and Norris. Uh, Schumacher, it's impossible to judge. It's uh, yeah, you just feel sorry for him. Sure. He should be in a he should be in a better car. It doesn't do him any justice. And then you've got Mazepin, who is the worst I've seen making a Grand Prix debut since Rio Harrianto and Roberto Mary. Ooh, yeah, but this is the thing. I do kind of feel a bit sorry for him. Uh, like 10% sorry because if you look at what Schumacher's issue was when he when he when he spun, it was kind of the same thing that they that they had, but obviously one ended up in the barrier, one ended up in last place. It's or so, second to last place. I just think that there's something fundamentally wrong with the car. Like well, it's not been invested in. But it's you know the wins that uh Bahrain are crazy anyway. And the amount of rake that they were running, them cars that like them hot rod cars from like the 80s, like slanted. It was stupid. Um, I just think that they just couldn't control it at, like at all. One ran out of skill and the other managed to control his car. Yeah, one rescued it, the other didn't. But also, high rake seems to be the way this year. With the regulations, you see Red Bull running a very high rake. And they, they seem to be doing quite well with it. You Chris. say that, but the car without high rake won the race. You did, and we'll come on to those. Uh, yeah, we've got a very the, good section for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that one later. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll quickly uh, break for a competition, our first competition on the podcast. Uh, this one has been kindly supplied to us by Apex Tracks. This edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast is sponsored by Apex Tracks, 3D printed racetrack wall art. To get your Bahrain, Imola and Portimao F1 circuit wall art in a variety of colors, visit apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S.com. Many more tracks, including Silverstone, Nürburgring and Spa are available too. It's a great product and we're very, very very lucky this week that they've uh, provided us a prize exclusively for podcast listeners to enter to win a Monaco Grand Prix wall art. 
simply message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, the word Monaco. On Facebook, we are Formula One Fans UK. It's with the number one. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Formula One Fans UK, once again, with the number one. It's free to enter, so don't miss out. The, uh, the winner will be announced in our preview show for the Portuguese Grand Prix at the end of April. Back to the race then, and uh, one for you Ferrari fans. You look like you're in a resurgence, so uh, the best person to ask about this is number one Ferrari fan of the show, Mr. Dan Heath. Uh, well, that is a bold statement right there. But no, I do think that they are on a kind of resurgence back from, obviously, the last couple of years. That's been absolute litter. And the Ferrari fans, they are diehard fans. It's that simple. You know, they expect more from their team it's that simple but no matter how much progress they're making they're still a fourth place team sadly I just don't think they put enough money enough time enough development into this car and I think they're all focusing on 2022 I really do and it's and it and it's a shame because they should be beating McLaren and they should be beating Red Bull I really I really do think that we've been robbed of the race that we should be having with the top eight uh, drivers just battling every single week. And at the moment, it's going to be two, maybe three, at a push. Yeah, I agree with Dan. I think Ferrari this weekend were flattered by the fact that we've had so much testing on that circuit. And it'll be interesting to see in a couple of weeks' time, when we get to Imola, um, where their true pace is actually at. Because I don't think it's going to show us eyes what the, that race showed them as. Ferrari typically do good in Bahrain. They did good there last year, even with their busted car last year. And again, Charles Leclerc got another fourth place. So Ferrari does good at Bahrain, but it'd be interesting to see them in Imola, for sure. But we'll move on from one team on a comeback to a, a driver who specializes in comebacks in Bahrain with Sergio Perez, who broke down on the formation lap and started from the pit lane to come back and finish fifth, which is insane and He's already the best teammate that Max Verstappen's had in that car in two to three seasons already. Yeah, um, it was amazing watching him drive that car back through the grid. But should he not have been at a lap down at the very start? No. The regulations are if you get back to the pit lane, then it's just a pit lane start and you don't have to worry about <laughs> being a lap down. He is then what? running the car with a lapse fuel advantage. Yeah, but he's also starting from the pit lane, so he would have had that lapse fuel advantage if he didn't do the formation lap, because you don't do the formation lap if you start from the pit lane. So he was absolutely uh, absolutely fine there. And I think it was sort of null and void having any advantage from missing the formation laps, because everyone was safe on fuel as soon as uh, Mazepin put it in the wall, because the safety cars come out. But if Mazepin hadn't put it in the wall, there wouldn't have been a safety car. It's still no advantage gain, though, just because you set the car up from the pit lane. If anything, you're a disadvantage because you've got more weight. And uh, I, I didn't hear should. I didn't hear one radio message this weekend about lift and coast. No. Yeah, no, I don't either. But I, well, that was the safety car, wasn't it? But um, I think, you know, if he can get that car back to the pits, then he should be sent off to catch up the pack and then start from the pit lane. I don't think it's right that a car skips a lap and isn't counted as a lap down because that first race lap, that first lap 
It's kind of just a racing lap. It, it's not classed as a racing lap because they take it off the lap count just because of the fuel. It's not to do with the uh, the number of laps raced. But Dan, you had, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, uh, obviously talking about the the, the safety car. It, obviously, this is the first time we've seen that nice Aston Martin safety car with a 007 Bertlander. I thought that was very, very <laughs> funny. Is it really bad that the safety car looks better than the F1 car? Like, I just, I just, I just found it hilariously funny that, like, I loved the launch of the Aston Martin car. Loved it. Hate it on track. Looks like a pile of dog. But the safety car looks amazing. I don't, and I, I just really can't figure out why that their car looks better than the F1 car. Well, for a start, it's an Aston Martin Vantage, so it's going to look sexy as hell. Uh, <laughs> secondly, you just don't like a bit of pink on a car. I um, I think let, if you know, if, let, no, if you're going to go let for let a colour scheme, let me no, finish. No, Christopher. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Back off. Stand up. Down. <laughs> All right. You don't like a little bit of pink on the car. All right, you like you didn't like the Pink Panthers. I like you the don't Pink like car. Go in, on with the green. All right, if you want to question your masculinity, <laughs> do it on your own time. All right, I'm comfortable with the pink. I'm comfortable with, with the pink. <laughs> I'm comfortable with pick a color scheme and stick with it. Pretty sure it's green with a flare of pink. Mm. You've got okay. to satisfy BWT somehow. They were a huge sponsor for that team. Yeah. They've still got to be satisfied and respected. And they've done so much. They've stuck by that team for so many years that if a stripe of pink on that mm. car means that they stay supporting them, then I'm more than happy with it. As much as I yeah. agree with your decision slightly, I do not believe that, you know, Stroll's money's run out so far that, you know, they need to sacrifice the good-looking car for the pink. So... He's a good, business, good businessman, though. If you if you've got a way to spend less money and still have the same amount yeah. of money going to the business, you do it. Um, but let's yeah. let's move on for a a no. car and a team. Let's move on from a car and a team, <laughs> which people disagree on. And by that, I mean Dan disagrees on because we all like the uh, we all like the Aston. That's okay. what we all agree on. I like the Aston uh, with the McLaren. We absolutely love the McLaren. And uh, yeah. oh yeah, sneaky good from Lando, fourth place. Uh, I don't think anyone. I mean, after qualifying, saw it going that well. Um, it was a quiet, very good drive. It was like an anonymous Max Verstappen drive to third last season, except he he finished fourth. He did, he did some good overtakes as well. It was a really well done from Lando. Yeah, brilliant drive from Lando. Only overshadowed by the team complaining about Danny Rick losing a bit of his floor. It almost sounded like McLaren and expected Danny Rick to finish higher than Lando, which I think is a little bit disrespectful, but brilliant drive from both both drivers. Lando did pass Ricardo in the race in the beginning, though, right? Yeah, yeah he, yeah, so he got in fair square. Yeah, yeah. they got their fair square, passed Leclerc as well. It was a good, solid race from Lando. He just needs to be a little more consistent. He's really good. But he's learning mm. every season. Definitely, yeah. He's um, not a young guy anymore. This is his third year. <laughs> you know, so it's... Good to see the maturity coming through. He's not young at 21. <laughs> yeah, but he's still third three seasons in F1. That's, right. It's almost, you know, it's over 40, what, over 40 races, I think he's done. 39. Yes, again, I want to be controversial. 
Just don't. Just don't. Just because you always want to be controversial. No, 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 right. But realistically, do you think that Lando was helped by being pit first and Danny Rick having that extra lap on the track? If you're the second car on track, you're not going to get the favourite strategy unless you're Hamilton or Verstappen. That's the but, only time you'll you be know, the second car on track and get the favourable strategy. I just personally think that he was further enough long. It, it, they, they would have done better to get two teams, high, uh, two cars higher up by putting Danny Rick, getting him out, and then picking Lando because there was more fresh air. That's just me. But Maybe, you can't yeah. take away the fourth place was absolutely amazing. And that out lap to get the fastest lap after he pitted was absolutely phenomenal. Maybe they expected that Danny might be able to make up a bit more track. Maybe. It, it, was, it was disappointing because I, I want to quickly just go back to the Perez bit. I think that we were robbed of Max and Perez going through the field chasing after the Mercedes because I don't think Lewis would have been able to keep them both back. It, I think the pressure of them two behind him, as good as Lewis is and as seasoned as he is, they would have ganged up on him. The same as those Mercs done so many races, so many seasons, they would have pressured him and got past him. And I think by him starting at the back, we were ruined. You were, you were... we get here from McLaren? I don't know. It's Dan and but Dan, you are greedy, man. You're greedy. Oh yeah, we had one. Of the, we had a great race, great way to open the season. And Dan's like, oh, it would have been better if Perez was up there. <laughs> right, but, right. Let's just think about it. Right, it was an amazing race, amazing battle with Max and Lewis. Right, you can't take that away from them. But would there have even been a battle if those two Red Bulls were up there? Yeah. What you're taking away from is from the McLarens. Still you know, at least talking about McLarens. We'll get the, the rest of them. Yeah, but I missed miss that right. bit. The McLarens drove a brilliant race and are already looking at being a potential podium team. That's 100%. What, that's what I'm excited 100%. about. That's what I'm excited about. But potentially... But let's if, not go to Mercedes versus Red Bull because we're no, not there yet. no. But I'm just saying potentially, <laughs> if the Mercedes, oh, God, Christopher. <laughs> oh, let's go back to McLaren. Right. McLaren's uh, their ceiling is to be fifth and sixth in every race. So if, if whoever lands up in fourth for podium, that's that's sugar in there. That's you know that's good for them. So you got to give it to them. Fourth and seventh, that's that's good. Even Ricardo's first time in the car can't be too greedy, Dan. Damn. Yeah. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> no, but no. My point is that I feel the Red Bulls would, would have checked out oh, if, if they were together. If they were together. There could have been no battle at all if Mercedes didn't balls up Bottas' pit stop and could have used a two-cast pincer on Max. And with that, we'll move on to the front team because you're so mm. desperate to talk about them. I really enjoyed the battle I don't think Lewis deserved to be there but the team did a brilliant job putting him there um, but Bottas did show late race that they have pace because he reduced that gap by half before he went mm. in and stopped for his um, fastest lap run yeah, I mean, he, re- he reduced that gap tremendously, but... 10 seconds behind or something at one point and brought it down to yeah. 
Yeah, but they, you got to remember Lewis and Max were battling, and Lewis is all over the place. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis had really old tires, really old tires. It's easy for Bottas to come through. I think that it is literally going to come down to Max and Lewis, like the whole the whole season. I genuinely think that it is going to be those two, and if it isn't, but uh, Verstappen chasing him, it's it's going to be Perez. Um. Obviously, we want Bottas in the mix as well to obviously give us a bit more of like drama and stuff like that. But watching the Merck's dominance kind of not really fall off, but switch up a little bit. It's as a race fan, it's like quite invigorating. It's going to be Max versus Lewis. But my prediction for the season is the guy who wins it will be the guy whose teammate pulls out a championship contention first and gets number two. Because if Bottas mm. stays in contention for the championship, Lewis isn't going to have his wingman. If Perez puts together some awesome results, Max won't have his uh, won't have a number two driver to, uh, to back exactly. him up. He's desperate for one. And so that's it's, uh, it's where huge. Bottas should have been able to hold up um, Verstappen a bit more. But you can't you can't take away from the fact with like ten lap younger tires, Lewis still kept him back. Was like Max should have been able to pass him. Like you know, as yeah. much as those tires were dropping off, and with six laps to go, he 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 should have cleared that Merc in three laps at best. Should have been able to pass him, or yeah. did pass? No, it does he not did count. Pass him. It does not count as a pass if you pass on something that is not being raced on. You could pass in the park; it don't count. But you can drive on it twenty-nine times if you believe it. <laughs> if oh. you believe it. But go on, Chris. Chris, you're itching to say something here. I think I've triggered him here. Let's see what he's got to say. <laughs> no, no, I'm just pointing out the rules. Um, it wasn't a pass. They shouldn't have been allowing the, the race there. The the race direction have said that they weren't monitoring the um, that area for the race until it started to become an advantage to other drivers. Until Red Bull spoke up. And by, um, and by Max overtaking Lewis off the track on that point, it's, it broke the, the rule of overtaking or gaining an advantage whilst off the track. So it, it wasn't an overtake in my, in my view. Coming back to what Reece said earlier, about was it like 40 times or something like that? It's 49 times off the track. Um, it literally sounded like our uh, teacher, but he done it, so why can't I do it? Like it became a problem, and then it suddenly was right, like now it's an issue. It's been perfectly fine until such time as we notice, and now we want to change it. Lando Norris had a, a move early in the race where he um, could potentially pass Leclerc outside the track on turn four and didn't. and in an interview, he said that he understood it perfectly clear that you couldn't pass back there. He could have continued it and, and made that pass on the clear, but he pulled it back. So it's something that the drivers knew that they could do, what they could and couldn't do. I just don't get why everybody was confused all of a sudden. I agree with you, Dan. And um, I agree with what Max said over the, the radio to his team. You know, why did you tell me to back off? Mm. I could have pulled that five seconds out. But the reason for that was pretty clear. Uh, and it was revealed on Ted's notebook after because Will Buxton spoke to Michael Massey off camera, as he can only be spoken to off camera. 
And if Max, because Max received the instruction from race control to give that place back, it meant that he would have been hit with a 10 second penalty after the race rather than a five second penalty. I still um, think he would have cleared that. Not not ten like not ten seconds in four laps. No chance. There's no way he was two and a half seconds clearer, considering how much he falls up. Uh, you could see those tires were struggling when he uh, when he let Lewis back past. It looked like that was his last opportunity to get past with the life he'd taken out his tires. Coming in yeah. to well, I'm the passing, um, he should have let him back at a way better stage. Yeah. In the, oh, in, no doubt, no doubt. On that track, there's loads of better places to let him back than that. Why not the pit? Why not the pit straight? Or no, ju- not the pit straight. Or, or just before a DRS detection point? Why, like, like, do it. Do it. Yeah, why do it, not? Do it yeah, do, do it so it benefits you. Not so it just like instantly. Right, let's just give them the place back. This. Yeah. yeah. So the pit straight. What's the? I, I got a question on that one. Don't they have to do the the switch back in what, three corners or two corners? Oh, that you're thinking of the rule to repass them again? Yeah. Uh, got to be done after the next corner, or they can't do it before the next corner. I think that's maybe what you're thinking of. Yeah, there's yeah, no you know, Hamilton Reichen in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because you can't I'm... let him pass and then overtake him on the same straight. Yeah, or, because or into the same cor- the next corner. You've I'm got to sure. Give- that we've seen races where it's gone on for like two laps where they're arguing about it. Like, you, yeah. know, you know, it's gone multiple laps where they're just arguing the absolute toss out of it. And and then eventually it's like, oh, okay, I've lost. I'll give the place back. The, the last race I remember that, that happened was 2016 Mexico when Max and Vettel had the little fight and wouldn't let him pass, wouldn't let Vettel pass through again. Um. Max dropped positions in that race. He ended up in fifth. He lost the podium. Vettel lost the podium. Ricardo ended up that podium. But there's some precedent to that. He, he could have seen himself drop more positions than, than first or second. Yeah, they would have been, it would have been 10 seconds. And I think if they if they hadn't done that, because uh, was Bottas was boxed after, wasn't he? He was boxed after that overtake. And if Max had refused to let him through, they would have gone to Valtteri, keep closing up, keep closing up. You might get second here with the time penalty to happen. Yeah, because so, they were uh, already telling him that, weren't they? Yeah, let, right. letting him through was the only thing to do, but he just did it in the wrong place. And that's that's the inexperience. That's uh, that's where Verstappen's still just not quite got that level of experience that Hamilton's got. Mm-hmm. I was like to say, yeah, with the experience of Hamilton, you know, you positioned your car in a place where you know you can – you have to make the decision – Max had to make that decision, either overpass him or wait. And knowing Max's uh, – Aggressiveness, aggressiveness in the car. He knew Max would go for that, for the oh, overpass on 100%. the outside. They yeah. That that was genius. You got to give it to Hamilton there. I know, I know he's the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. But that that was a smart move. Danny, can we have you on more often? I'm all I'm all for that. You need to <laughs> you need to get a better time zone, man. So we can. I'm sorry. Look, I'm trying to like. I'm trying to see like how, how we're flowing and stuff like that. So that's why I didn't talk a lot in the beginning, but you know, I like people and I wasn't raising my hand too, which is I know uh, you see Chris likes people that disagree with him. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. I like people that will come on and say that Lewis is good. And he thinks about what he's doing. Mate. I love Lewis. He's a, he's love Lewis. A, 
that's he's a that's technical he's a technical thinker. Mm, yeah. and, you know, he, his he can show you in a race car that he doesn't need to have a hundred percent of his thoughts on getting that car around the next corner. He's yeah. thinking three, four corners ahead. And yeah. a lot of people mm. don't respect that about Lewis. But he was like, like I said in my previous statement, like he did so well to keep that car ahead of Max on ten lap fresher tires, you know, and even when he was harvesting, like on those last couple of laps where he was har- harvesting all the the energy and stuff to deploy on the the straights and that to get away from him, and and that caused Max to then try push more, lock up, and stuff like that. So you know that there is that, but do you not think that? Obviously, because Max isn't as experienced as Lewis and other drivers and stuff within the field. Do you think his uh, engineer sh- should have told him what place to give the? Oh, sorry, no, what? You, can't, you can't do it. You must drive the car alone and unaided. You can't. Thought, you, can't oh. you can't be coaching. You can receive oh. instruction on this mode here to save the engine, but no, 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 no. You don't tell him. Oh, no, but, but, and also. But, uh, as per what Danny said, it, it's really hard to, to tell a Formula One driver where they can best overpass them. <laughs> I like that overpass. <laughs> overpass. Yeah, you know, you know, we call we don't we call that a bridge over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you can't tell a driver where the best place to overtake another driver is. No, it, it's you know, every driver does it on instinct. Yeah. Then Max's instinct is wrong. Should we move on some winners and losers of the weekend? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All righty then. I think we can probably uh, agree on the loser. For who? The loser. It's, it's not hard to figure out, is it? Marzi Spin. <laughs> you want to go Marzi Spin as your loser? Well, I, I, I think Marzi Spin is a loser. But um, was he the loser of the weekend? Because we all expected him to, to run out of talent at some point. I think maybe the biggest loser of the weekend was Vettel. I can see that. I can see that. Dad I wrote that on my notes as well. I wrote that on my notes. Vettel was my loser. But go ahead. I, I have somebody else too. All right, go on, Danny. Who else you got? Okay, so Vettel, obviously, blaming Ocon just makes it worse. Just compounds the, uh, the pain all Vettel fans will have. Uh, but I think big loser is is Haas as well. I know they're they're bottom team, but that car is just undrivable. They've made a terrible decision in their drivers driver. There, it's just they're reaping what they're sowing. So Dan, you you jump in and want to get in here. Uh, you cannot be a loser when you don't develop your car. <laughs> it's you're gonna be at the back. You can't be expected to win anything when you put in zero effort into your car for 2021. They could have pulled up with a go kart and done better than what they did. I have to say, I have to. I really like what Dan said. Danny said there that the Haas are going to read what they so. Mm. I just feel sorry for Mick on that one. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's the thing in it. You do you know with his name, and he is a good driver. He does deserve yeah. more from his team and his car in this in this season. But like we spoke in the other podcast, maybe having no expectation is what's going to make him a better driver next year. It takes two years to get into the car anyway, really. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, who's, who's your loser? My biggest losers are 
I think, are Red Bull because I think they were robbed of a one-two because I genuinely think that their pace and stuff was... They were going to go through as a team. And Ga- and Gasly, because we saw what uh, Sonoda done. He put that car up in ninth. There's no way that we would be talking about signs and stuff like that because I reckon Gasly would have been up there if he didn't have to... Um, did he have to retire the car in the end? Yeah, floor damage. For floor, for floor yeah, damage that, that, that he got in the previous incident. Yeah, so obviously you, you think how badly that affected him during the race, you know, with his teammate up there in ninth. They could have been eighth and ninth or ninth and tenth. Yeah, um, just on, on what you were saying there, I'm having brain fade. Give me a second. You said Red Bull were robbed of a one-two, which they were. Yeah, they were robbed of a one-two if they had not ballsed up and put Perez on the mediums when he was struggling to get the car through Q2. If they put him on the softs, he's through, he's through no problem. Yeah. But also, you say Red Bull are the losers, but I think at the same time, Red Bull pulled one out of the bag and proved to be a bit of a winner by having a car stopping with a technical fault and then having the electrical ignition to start the car again and get him back into the race. Mm. And that is a massive winner for me because not every team can do that. Yeah. I think for me, that's a, that's def- a definite winner. But for me, my, my loser at the weekend, as one I actually, I, I picked him up and expected a good weekend from him was George Russell. Uh, I think he's a, he's a loser this weekend because... He had his good start. He slid down the order. That Williams, again, it might look all right on a Saturday, but it's got no race pace, and it's going to be a long year for George. And the only chance he'll have a points is a crazy race where someone in front of him is ballsing up and retiring. Ah, you mean like like this weekend? Like this weekend, <laughs> but more of them. More of them. More, um, yeah. more retirements. We're talking like a, <laughs> we're talking like a crazy uh, Baku level of retirements mm. or... I think his yeah. only chance of points is when he's back in the Mercedes car again at some point this season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, your winner? Lewis. He shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have won that race. You cannot, um, as any, you know, as a level-headed Lewis Hamilton fan, you cannot stand there and say that Lewis should have won that race. And to come away with it, I think is, is outstanding. To be as close as he was to, to the Red Bull, was was spot on and qualifying. I was ecstatic. I was praying for second place. So my big winner is, is Lewis. But they they have got a lot of work to do. My winner was going to be Hamilton, but I also have somebody else. Is Lando? Um, just coming in this year, questions about his maturity, how he would pair up with Ricardo. Would they be goofballs? You know, just those kind of questions. It kind of put him to rest. Um. He is a leader in the making, I believe, in that team. Um, they described Ricardo because they need to grab somebody older, and they, he was a fan. And, you know, Ricardo and McLaren is great, but I think that's Lando's team this year. Um, I, I think he, he'll be emerging even higher. I have a lot of faith on that guy. But, yeah, Lando to me is the winner. Uh, yeah, I definitely think the winners are Mercedes and McLaren because, like, you know, like just like Chris said, we didn't expect when we saw Max coming through at the rate that he was coming through, you know, I was hoping for a second place finish. I didn't expect him to keep him back as long as he did. 
but then that just shows how technically minded and an advanced season driver that he is. But then you go back to like McLaren, they're going to be fifth and sixth, you know, and you get a retirement, you know, from the Red Bull with the dodgy engine or gearbox or something breaks, you know, they're going to end up on a podium within five races is my prediction. So, yeah. See, my, my winner is a, is a bit cheesy. It's a, the winners, the fans, because we're going to be going into the, the next few races at least not having a clue who's going to win. And we are going to love it. We're, yeah. we're sport this season. We've got four drivers who realistically can win any race. We've got two teams in Ferrari and McLaren who, with a cock-up from uh, one of the big two, te- well, one of the front two teams, is uh, they could be on the podium. We're, we're set for a great season. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Mm. That was... Yep. One of the best season openers we've had in a long time, apart from last year at Austria. Do you think it's the track? Do you think? Uh, do you think that the fact it was so good was it was a track that provokes overtaking, uh, like think, Austria? I think it was the fact that we had the three days of testing beforehand. Everybody's cars were set up sweet where they needed to be. I think maybe we should take Hass out of that, maybe. <laughs> You know, I don't think their cars set up themselves out when they put Mazepin in the car. I don't think their cars set up for anything other than maybe Mario Kart, if I'm honest. Baby Park Mario Kart. They definitely hit enough. They definitely hit enough banana skins. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah, maybe that's what it is. He's convinced that he's playing Mario Kart. (laughs) I'm gonna have to make a video of him spinning out on a a banana. Yeah, banana. The biometry screen is actually Mario Kart. On her head, he's yeah. throwing flipping fireballs. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened last year. Oh. <laughs> the, 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 the fireballs would have to be from the Ferrari. And probably was the only car behind Rojo. <laughs> was then... I didn't really watch that Google box last week. Was uh, it Um, it was really, really interesting. They covered the Netflix episode of Drive to Survive, um, episode nine, which I'm not going to say too much about. Well, everyone knows it was called Man on Fire. So uh... <laughs> it was amazing to see people's expressions during the uh, the explosion, um, as you could start to see the driver coming through. Um, it was amazing watching people's expressions about how they how they were seeing it. Um, and a lot of these are people that don't watch the sport. They're just watching what Gogglebox is supplying them to watch. Mm. And uh, with that, we'll quickly bring it back to this season by linking the two houses. Uh, in that in that crash, Grosjean was in a fireball longer than Mazepin was racing this week. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll bring it to the end of this week's podcast. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Formula One Fans UK. We are on Facebook as Formula One Fans UK. We can also now be found on Patreon as uh, Formula One Fans UK. If you want to support us, uh, we've got some big stuff lined up. We're going to hopefully have some more plot competitions uh, and we're looking to do meetups this year, COVID permitting, uh, being able to meet you guys and all get together a group of F1 fans in a, in a major city in the UK, sit there, watch a race together, Enjoy that. 
Uh, another thing we're looking at is if we can really get the ball rolling and get enough people supporting us, we're going to uh, hopefully have some race tickets to give away to you, hopefully in the future. A good city is Belfast. <laughs> but there's no races there. Yeah, we go to Belfast, we'll get everyone to fly over. Yeah. <laughs> yes, get the ferry. <laughs> so, yeah, why should I fly to you? If you want to contact us to tell us where we should do a race meet, you know where to reach us on the socials. And also, don't forget it competition entries, send the word Monaco to us. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. Adios. Cheerio, guys.